takes more than writing a bunch of code to automatically silence the alerts generated by the other code that you wrote to be a great engineer. <laughs> this is episode 197 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host and alarm creator, Dave Smith. <laughs> I'm the alarm reaper. I silence them. <laughs> Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we answer your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development. It does feel like you could get into this cycle of it's, it'd be like an arms race because oh, yeah. then the people who want the alerts to get through would find new ways to deliver them. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to find new ways to block them. Listen, I'm not getting out of bed for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this the way this arms race ends for the alarm creators is they end up like implanting something in you while you're sleeping that you can't silence. <laughs> <laughs> Physical alarms. Yeah, it's like, am I the only one hearing that buzzing sound? Well, I don't hear anything. <laughs> it sounds like our pager. <laughs> That's weird. It's the same notification sound, but it's coming <laughs> from my elbow? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess there's another thing you could do, which is make it so your stuff isn't broken, but that sounds harder. Yeah. Do you want to thank our patrons? Yes, thank you to those folks who are supporting us on Patreon. We have some one-time shout-outs because it's the beginning of the month. They are John George Sample, Antonio Pitassi, Austin Carey, Tomas, Uncle Iroh, and The Nice Lander. And big shout-out to our weekly shout-outers who donate at the level where they get shouted out every week. They are Vinlock, Matthew Voidovich, Taras Haruk, Luke Bayless, Zach Grannon, Luis Santos, Stanley Tactical Radio, Chris Hogan, Ivo Robotnik, Braden Keynes, Philip John Basile, Stephen Armand Lee, John Grant, Nick Cantar, Ted Nugent, The Agile Ventures Charity, Maple Syrup, Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> Travis, Dennis Bogdanov, Sean, and Evgeny Sladkowski. If you would like to support the show, you can go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. And if you do, we will send you an invitation to our Slack cult. <laughs> I don't know why. Yep. <laughs> I need to figure out about I think we renamed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which has upward of 200 folks on it now. A lot of people coming in and all kinds of interesting conversations and discussions and challenging questions and some hilarity occasionally. So uh, if you'd like to join them, you can donate at any amount greater than zero US dollars. I am going to share a thing that a listener shared with us. So in episode 190, we talked about a GitHub repo stored on the CTO's home server and listener... Anton shared this on Twitter. At my first job, the web app was hosted at the ex-developer's home server. I only learned that when the app was down. I was troubleshooting with no luck. Then I reached out to him, and it turned out that the shelf that the server was in fell down. <laughs> <laughs> That's so pure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just think, I'm just thinking about the post-mortem, like five whys. Why did the shelf fall down? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the shelf fell down because I used sheetrock screws that were not rated for the weight of the server. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the idea that the five whys analysis will end at building a very robust physical setup in the ex-developer's house. <laughs> like, problem solved. <laughs> That's, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Okay, do you want to read our first question, Dave? Yeah. Okay, this comes from an anonymous listener who says, Hello, I have a coworker who can't get to the point. They keep rambling, throwing in useless jargon with veiled bragging of their knowledge and accomplishments, and <laughs> answering questions that weren't asked. Wait a minute, is he talking about us? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you just defined this podcast. Okay, back to the question. And all in a very monotone voice. Oh, okay, that's not us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My brain starts to zone out 
every time they start in to, quote, explain something. They also somehow survived at the company for eight years and have recently become a team lead. Our paths don't cross every day because we work on separate products, but I am interested in their team's product and might want to join them in a year or so. What do I do? <laughs> so the initial part of the description, I listened to a podcast called Hardcore History, and there was a series of episodes about kind of Babylonian, like ancient Near Eastern history, like Babylonians, Assyrians, those kind of people. Mm -hmm. And the records that have survived from then are all basically horrible kings bragging about how awful they've been to this other yeah. people. And it <laughs> yeah. sounds like this. It's like they have one sentence to say, but they throw in a bunch of titles and accomplishments and <laughs> records of deeds. And yeah, Steve, first of his name on his way to conquer the lowly QA department, <laughs> inventor of 15 open source projects, <laughs> closer of thousands of bugs. <laughs> Feels like we need to get back to that. <laughs> Just totally That's flagrant self-inflation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were like carving all this stuff in cuneiform on tablets too, so the cost of it was higher. They were forcing slaves to carve them into tablets and then killing them afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It costs someone a lot. But it's easier now. You can just type it into Twitter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really a shame that Twitter limits your profile string. Yeah. I mean, emojis are their own language, I guess. <laughs> you have to get your rambling and useless jargon and veiled bragging in through emojis. Oh, boy. Have you dealt with someone like this before? Boy, that's a question. The question I was thinking is, am I this person? <laughs> <laughs> I have that too. My note says, am I the rambler? <laughs> This is my greatest fear. Oh, yeah. That your audience is just like, oh, Jameson, be quiet already. Yeah. We get it. So I, I heard a description of charisma, which is that you are confident in taking up space in other people's heads. And <laughs> okay. it's unsourced. I can't remember where it's from. But I have the opposite of this. Every time I start telling a story, I immediately, half my brain is like examining the audience and assuming, oh, they all hate this. And mm -hmm. I should just cut it off halfway. And they'll be like, baffled by the point of it because it won't make any sense but at least i'll stop taking up their valuable time <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i think that means i'm so i'm too insecure to be the rambler <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, i don't think i'm the rambler because i do okay well yes and no i do have a habit of saying uh oh i'm rambling and then just stopping and so i at least yeah. can identify so i self-police a little bit but but I guess back to your question, which is actually the useful question, which is how do I deal with people who ramble? Do you think they know? Like, does the rambler know they're a rambler? I don't think so. And and I'll tell you, one time I asked someone a question and they started to ramble and they probably went on for a minute and I stopped them in the middle of their rambling and I restated my question and they just looked back at me and said, yeah, I know, I'm getting to it. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get all my titles and accomplishments out of the way first. <laughs> it was like they felt like they needed to kind of lay all this groundwork, but I thought they were going in a different direction or that I had given the question in such a way that they couldn't understand it. You know, they were like, no, I got it. You just need to be patient. So that didn't work very well. But was this person a rambler generally or were you just impatient in this instance? This particular person was a kind of a confusing speaker, which I think is maybe a sister category to the rambler category where they okay. they kind of speak in circles and and eventually it all comes together but it's like it's kind of like they put the pieces of the puzzle together in a, like a random order and then suddenly when they put the last piece in you're like oh you know yeah they were loquacious prone to chattering but not 
Well, I guess, no, that's the rambler. Because it's not going anywhere in this yeah. question asker's opinion. It's just, it, it's like a runaway train. It's just started and it's going on its own. It's fueled by bragging. <laughs> it's fueled by bragging. This is like some VC's nightmare of a rogue AI that's, the AI produces <laughs> technical nonsense. <laughs> yeah, what do you do about it? So, so you say, you're, you're saying... um you tried to do something about it and it didn't work, which was interrupt them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've worked with several different people over my career who have varying levels of this. Some of them ramble because they're very excited and mm. and yeah. they just have so much in their head that they're excited to get out and share with you. Mm-hmm. And that's a little different because it's coming from a good place. Yeah. And I feel like you probably need to have a lighter touch there because you don't want to crush someone's enthusiasm. And, and often the extra context turns out to be helpful. But with someone who literally cannot get to the point, yeah. I don't know anything else besides interrupting them and, and bringing them back on task. It's helpful if you have a specific agenda. If this happens in meetings, then you can point back to the agenda and say, hey, how do we answer the question we're trying to answer here? There is kind of a power dynamic here, though, where if you mentioned the Rambler is a team lead. Like if you're a more junior person, it's harder to interrupt someone more senior who's prone to rambling and say, hey, how do we solve the problem we're here to solve? Yeah. And and you kind of touched on a theme there where the rambler is actually going off topic. You know, I think there's on topic rambling and there's off topic rambling. And I have dealt with an off topic rambler once. And I'm so not always like this, but I try to be very gentle. And sometimes I think I'm in this with this particular person, I was so gentle that they didn't get it. And so I'll say things like, yeah. <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very important topic. But in the context of this meeting, I think we should set that topic aside for later. And they're like, okay. And then they keep talking about it. And I'm like, well, too gentle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's also kind of a judgment call here because maybe to them, that is the topic. And, yeah. and, and you're saying, hey, that's not what we're here to solve. And they're saying, no, it is. You can tell by all the words I'm saying. <laughs> Did you not hear my titles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't you hear how many open source projects I have? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's much easier if there's some shared expectation or agreement beforehand that you can point back to. If it's kind of mm-hmm. a vague exploratory conversation, then part of exploring is kind of following tangents. And it's it's harder. You have to get consensus about what's worth pursuing or not. And that's harder than saying, hey, we're here to talk about thing X. Let's talk about thing X. Yeah. Like, for example, if you're meeting title has the word brainstorming in it then that's just like a license yeah then license to ramble it's just ram yeah ramble city you have entered the ramble dome (laughs) in the middle of ramble town (laughs) yeah so so clearly defining let's see i mean what if you're not in a meeting with them and it's just you just stopped by to ask a question (laughs) maybe you don't do that anymore (laughs) yeah exactly i think i think certain ramblers will definitely alienate people over time because they'll realize i just don't have the time to invest in this simple one answer question that i need to ask yeah there's just there's so many different not so many different there are very different kinds of ramblers and some some is i'm rambling now i'm going in circles i just want to say the thing i already said what kind are you oh no i mean there's people who ramble because they have so much information about the topic and they maybe haven't distilled it down into a summary or a context that will make sense for the listener. They either yes. don't have the time or the, that skill set. But if they literally can't communicate well, I feel like you just got to nudge them. Say, hey, I asked, I don't know. There's there's lots of 
various levels of rudeness to do this with. But yeah, <laughs> start at the low levels and work up. Yeah, here's here's what we're trying to solve. Let's talk about that. Or here's the question I asked. Can you answer that? Or I don't know. There is one category of rambling to which I belong, which is I think I might be I might be perceived as a rambler when I do this, but I actually think through problems by talking out loud sometimes. Ah. And so you may come to ask me a question, and if I haven't already thought about that question, my answer might be a a weird stream of consciousness that feels like a ramble, but then we'll come down to a conclusion that's simpler. Yeah. And I think a strategy for me is to try to, like, demarcate where in the conversation this is happening. So I might say, like, okay, I need to think through this. (laughs) Entering the ramble zone. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Welcome to Ramble Town. This will just take a few minutes. Please be patient. And then I can say, okay, we've exited. <laughs> we've now exited Rambletown. It's in your rearview mirror. Here's the two-sentence conclusion. Write this part down and er- erase everything else. <laughs> yeah. Calling that out explicitly is so valuable because there are some people who don't think out loud at all and cannot do it. And they w- the way that they generate ideas or think through problems is on their own. And if those two people, if those two kinds of people mix, generally yeah. the talkers win. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if there's not some shared understanding of here's how these different people communicate. So if if you know that about yourself and know that about other people, it can really make communication a lot better. Mm-hmm. I, I worked with someone who was the most extreme version of this I've ever seen, both in willingness to kind of monopolize meetings to to talk through things and would get pretty far ahead, like was a very bright person. So mm-hmm. so the combination was most meetings with them were you sit down and listen to them figure out the solution. And then they say, here's what I figured out. Please go do this thing. And <laughs> it would have You're been like, a much more productive relationship if I could have identified that earlier and said, hey, I would like to collaborate, but I can't just keep up with the raw, like in the moment discussion and contribute. So if you want my contributions beyond just doing the thing you said, then... I'll need some time to go away and think through this. Yeah. But I didn't. I, I, <laughs> you just quit. <laughs> <laughs> no, they quit. Oh, perfect. They got so far ahead of you that <laughs> they quit before you could. I'm much, I'm much more cognizant of that now, though. Like, it was a mm-hmm. learning experience because I, I had to sit down and figure out why was it so hard to work with that person? They're really bright. They're, they're not a jerk. Like, and, and I think the key was this communication mismatch. I think that I have been that person. Hmm. If only you were dumber, then you're... Ideas yeah. would, your brain would move slower and then it'd yeah. be easier for other people to keep up. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to say that I'm smarter than other people, but I have a pretty high like verbal processing velocity, both input and output. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I tend to I tend to just confuse people and cause a little bit of frustration that way. So I apologize if I've done that to anyone listening here. All right. And that was the point. Question answered. Dave's okay. apologized for being who he is. <laughs> I think we've talked about some strategies. I think yeah. you have to guide them back on topic if you're crossing every day. And if you mm-hmm. can't, then you're going to endure a lot of rambling. Yes. <laughs> and you could also just rebaseline your expectations and just say, yeah, I'm just going to budget more time with this person when I need to get something. You know? I wish I had more time for contemplation throughout the day. (laughs) (laughs) Having a conversation where I don't have to contribute or listen in any way with this person is a way to do it. It's like a meditation hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just listen to the sounds of the words, not what they are, just the sounds. Focus on the movement of the mouth as it makes the words, not what the words are saying. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm going to read our next question. This is from a listener, Zazima, who says... 
Hey, I've been at my current job about a year and a half now. My boss says we should be getting more money and investors soon, and we'll be able to give everyone a raise. I've seen many people get hired and others given a raise, but have not yet received one myself since then. I recently started applying to other jobs. I don't want to leave, but I want to learn my market value and get a slight increase. I was demoing some work in a meeting and sharing my screen to do so. As I went to upload an image, my resume file was open. Resume, cover letter, resume Adobe, resume Tesla. I mashed the cancel <laughs> button and bounced into panic mode and continued like nothing had happened. I heard some typing shortly after closing. Uh -oh. Did they see it? Are they talking about me? Do they know I don't want to leave but just want some sort of compensation? These questions were going through my brain and I had no clue what to do. Should I call up the people in the demo and have a heart to heart? <laughs> There's like two questions here. I need one of those signs on my wall that says it has been this many days since a live screen sharing incident. Someone, <laughs> I don't know, someone's significant other texts them something weird or like, oh, yeah, I don't know, you, you like someone forgets their screen sharing and pulls up YouTube or <laughs> there's so many ways this could go wrong. Yes, so true, especially in an all remote team. I would love to hear screen sharing stories, by the way. Yes. I'm trying to think, what's the worst screen sharing thing I've ever done? Maybe I don't know because I still never knew I was screen sharing and it was so embarrassing <laughs> that no one told me. <laughs> That's probably true. The worst one I can remember is really embarrassing and is going to make me cringe to tell it. I was presenting at a meetup and previously to that was having a private Slack discussion about someone that was not like super mean, but was not very complimentary about that person. And as I was sharing my screen, I got a text message from the person who I had been having that discussion with saying, hey, you're sharing your Slack, by the way. <laughs> like the person oh. is in the meetup right oh. now and could potentially be seeing this stuff. Oh. And I think I just turned red and stopped screen sharing and sat down very abruptly. And, and then moved to a new country. <laughs> yeah, just never acknowledged it. Never, uh, yeah, just turned into a pumpkin and then rotted away and was smashed by some teenagers. <laughs> oh, that sounds so painful. Yeah, that sucked. That was a bad day. I mean, nothing, I don't know. I'm such a lightweight. Like nothing bad happened to me, but I ju that just threw me into a tailspin for a long time. Mm -hmm. See, I think you in that situation, knowing what I know about you and how empathetic you are, you would rather be the one to be in the audience and see someone saying something bad about you than to have been on the other side. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I got all my defense mechanisms with somebody saying something bad about me. I just have yeah, to oh convince yeah. myself they're dumb and wrong. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> and I don't even know. As to this day, I do not know if this person ever saw it or if anyone else at the meetup, there were like 20 or 30 people there. If anyone else saw it and put together that, oh, this is about that person sitting like three rows to in front and two seats to the left. Like, I don't know. And, and again, it, it wasn't like horribly harsh, but it, it wasn't complimentary. Maybe the lesson is never say bad things about people. Yeah, ever. <laughs> How long has it been? Four or five years, I think. You should reach out. I think it'd be great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Another good story. Yeah, I'll do it. I once had a manager, after a one-on-one -on -one with me, sit down with me and say, Hey, Dave, last week in our one-on-one, -on -one, there were some things on my screen about a side business that I'm doing. <laughs> and I just want to know if you saw it. And I honestly, I had not. I had not noticed it. So apparently he had... I don't know. He had something on there he didn't want me to see. To this day, I don't know what it was. And yeah. I said, no, I didn't see it. And he was just like, oh, good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, what was this? Silk Road V2 or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's, the, he rolled the dice, though, because. He did. Now you're curious, right? If well, you, yeah. 
if you hadn't seen it, now, you, now you're aware it happened and want to know. Exactly. And whatever it was, it must have been pretty serious for him to actually proactively ask me if I had seen it. That's my fear. If I go to this person and say, hey, in a meetup five years ago, did you ever see me? Did you ever see me share my Slack screen and it had a conversation about you? And <laughs> yeah. they say like, no. And I'm like, well, good, because it didn't happen. <laughs> it definitely know. didn't happen. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I don't know how you would handle that, but you should definitely do it. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So I have one more story on this one. When I uh, that's a, that's actually very similar to this one, but it's way lower tech. And it, it let's just say it involves a fax machine. But when I okay <laughs> in like 2004 or five, I was applying to work for another company that I think no longer exists. A company called Vonage. They did voice over IP home phones. And I applied for the job, and they asked me to fax the application to them. So I used my company's fax machine because, you know, know, who owns a fax? (laughs) Actually, it's kind of weird that a tech company was asking me to fax something in 2004. But anyway, so I faxed it. And of course, I don't know if anyone here has ever faxed something, but it never works the first time. It always spits out some error message. And the way fax machines give error messages is they print out the error message on a new sheet of paper and they usually include a copy of the fax you tried to send on the paper. So, <laughs> so I put it in the machine. I punched in the phone number. I hit send. It went through the machine, started to scan, and it started making the modem noises. So I took my paper and I went to a meeting. And then a couple of hours later, my skip level manager came to my manager with, <laughs> with an error an error paper printout that had my application in full to this company. And he was like, what is going on with your employee and so my manager came to me and said just so you know my boss is kind of freaking out right now what are you doing (laughs) that's weird on so many levels the fact that you were like you know the best way to get this information is send it from the company fax machine (laughs) (laughs) that's the only thing i could think of by the way vonage had a billion dollars in revenue last year so they're probably very offended you said they don't exist anymore they definitely exist okay So there's another way to look at this, which is it's kind of embarrassing. But if I am a manager, I want to know if someone is actively looking for another job on my team because there's things I can do to maybe retain them. There's things I could do to maybe help them along. Like I want to know that information. And even if I found out in a way that is not carefully delivered by them kind of privately sitting down with me, I feel like in the end, I would still be, I would still rather know than not know, you know? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of embarrassing, but the maybe this is just me being naive again. I feel like that's one of the themes of the podcast. Jameson is naive about how badly things can go. Like, <laughs> it's true. I, I, I'm I'm thinking like, well, now they know, and maybe good things will happen to you. But there's there's definitely a world where you get retaliated against as well if people think you're you're looking to leave. I can just see your brain being like, well. Only good things have ever happened to me, so maybe that's... Yeah, only... <laughs> that's probably what happens to everyone. <laughs> I I was walking and tripped, and my resume and cover letter slipped out of my pocket and landed on my CEO's feet. And he was like, oh, we got to get you a raise right now to keep you here. <laughs> that's probably how it'll work out, right? <laughs> maybe only good things happen at all. Maybe there are no bad things. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah, so there's a whole world of negative consequences that could happen. But I do want to talk about this thing that Zazima brought up, which is this idea of I'm not getting compensated fairly. I'm not getting the raise. So I want to start applying to other jobs. I don't want to leave, but I want to somehow turn applying to other jobs into more money. Right. And that feels weird and less effective. Like, I think the likely outcome is you get a different job for more money. It's not that 
you you bring it back and club your boss into giving you a raise. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this a few times, and I think we you know where I stand, which is I'm not a huge fan of shopping yeah. around just for the purpose of getting a raise at your current company. Yeah, like if you have no intention of leaving, then then that's what you're doing. And I, I think I'm a little more on the side of this is more okay if you feel like you genuinely might leave, but if it turns out to be a, a thing you use to negotiate with your company, that's okay too. But But just going out and interviewing and saying, they're not giving me my raise fast enough. I'll go get interviews and then I'll make that happen is, it feels a little weird. So I guess, I think you can still do this, but you just have to change your mindset to say, hey, I'm not getting the raise I want. And one way to adjust my compensation because it's red hot market is just go get a different job. And that comes with a raise just kind of by default. And that feels much more, much more of an honest way to approach this problem. Yeah, I think so too. There's also... This could be a signal too. If a bunch of other people have been hired and have been given raises and you have not, it's possible they're not super excited about the work you've been doing. It's possible. It's a, I mean, it's a startup because they have investors. I think I cut out the thing that said startup. It's a startup. So chaos abounds. Yes. Who knows? Like <laughs> lots of things could happen, but maybe they're bad at giving feedback. And this is a very indirect way of giving you feedback that things are not great. I, that's maybe another thing to explore. Like they're probably bad at giving feedback. That's like the default. Yeah, most people are, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's the default. What about, do you talk to the people in the meeting? Yeah, that I. Yeah, that's a good question. I think it depends on whether or not your manager was in the meeting. <laughs> I, mm. think, I think if it was my manager, I would probably talk to them. Maybe. But if it was just peers or other people in the company, I just probably would not say anything. You're just giving them something to gossip about, which is a service in the end. So... <laughs> They should be thanking you. Yeah, I think they should be giving you part of the raises that they got that you didn't. <laughs> and then all as well. Yeah, I don't know that I would bring it up with them either. Maybe if it's like a very close personal friend at work who's going to be surprised or offended if you leave or something like that. But if it's just kind of people you work with, I don't know. I did hear on a meeting with about 200 people on remotely and a bunch more people on in person Mm-hmm. I, I think I heard someone's marriage end. <laughs> so what? like there are worse things. I mean, it was, it was, yeah, screaming oh. at the top of lungs about how we're going to, I'm going to leave and this is over. And oh my gosh, the mic was muted a minute or two too late. Oh, <laughs> so this is nothing. That's what I'm saying. Seeing <laughs> okay. someone who, I, I mean, people get new jobs. That's a normal part of life. Like, I don't yeah. know if you get an inside glimpse into that, whatever. And, and I'll also say this. If you're if this information just flashed on the screen for a few seconds, do not overestimate people's ability to consume visual information on a screen share. Oh, they were probably not paying attention to your demo anyways. <laughs> That's a good point. I, no one pays attention to anything. <laughs> I am often surprised at how long it takes me to orient myself when someone shares their screen. It's like, boom, screen's in my face and I'm like... Oh, you're talking about screen sharing specifically... Yeah, like you put something up on the screen or or in a presentation or in a demo or whatever. It just takes a moment to like orient, see what am I looking at here? What does that say resume? No. Oh, it's gone. I don't know. You know, like there's a good chance people didn't even see it. It probably said resume. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Now, it's a different story if it was sitting in the corner of your screen during the whole 30 minute demo. That's a little different. (laughs) Yeah, that was more of my situation where it was up for a long time because I didn't maximize the right window or something. Like it it was peeking out the side, waving its hand saying, hey, I'm here to embarrass Jameson. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, besides the screen sharing thing of it being hard to orient yourself, it is also very likely that they were not paying rapt attention the whole time, for better yeah. or for worse. So yeah, yeah, I think you got some things on your side. Yeah. Now, if you're a really good presenter, the risk is higher that they did see. So <laughs> that's maybe your skills have bitten you if you're very engaging. Yeah, exactly. People just couldn't take their eyes off your pixels. I think we've answered the question. I think so. Good luck. Best of luck. And let us know what happens. Oh, yeah. We, we love to hear back from people about what turns out with these situations. And For if, sure. If you're willing, we will share it on the show, too, if it fits in. And what can people do if they want to answer, they want us to answer their questions? Go to softskills.audio and click ask a question. We have a friendly form, and we just want to say thank you to everyone who has given us questions. They're so great. Mm-hmm. Keep them coming. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. <laughs>